When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I've come across opponents and I can be in the ring with them and I and I know just from looking in their eyes whether they're actually up for the fight or not. Fights can be won before you've even got in the ring. When you conjure up an idea of what strength looks like, would it be physical muscles you'd see? Here at Give Me Strength, we believe that strength doesn't look a certain way. For some, it may be the kilograms on their deadlift, but for others, it may be overcoming challenges that life can throw at us or developing a resilience through difficult experiences. My name is Alice Living. I'm a personal trainer, best-selling author, and influencer who knows only too well that strength is so much more than being just about the physical. And it's my mission now to use this podcast to inspire you with stories from people who've had to find courage through the most challenging or darkest of times and who can help all of us to be inspired to be not just physically, but mentally stronger too. Welcome to Give Me Strength. Today's guest is Nicola Adams OBE, one of the UK's most successful boxing talents who competed as an amateur between the mid-1990s until 2017 before turning pro in the same year and competing until November 2019. Hailing from Bermontoff's in inner city Leeds, Nicola Adams was introduced to boxing at a very early age by her father who showed her videos of the Rumble in the Jungle, the legendary world heavyweight title fight between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. And after a chance babysitter cancellation, Nicola was introduced to the boxing world as her mum took part in her weekly aerobics class. Nicola went on to become the first female boxer to win an Olympic gold medal at London 2012 and the first female boxer to become a double Olympic champion after going on to win another gold in Rio in 2016. As of May 2016, she was the reigning Olympic, World and European Games champion at Flyweight and won the entire set of amateur championships available to her, including Olympic, Commonwealth and European Games titles and the World, European and European Union Championships. Nicola went on to compete professionally and held the WBO female flyweight title between July and November 2019 before announcing her retirement only a few days ago. 
Ultimately, Nicola has proven that her triumph over adversity in a sport that didn't even have a female Olympic team when she first began is truly something that we can all learn from. And I am so honoured to have her with me today. So Nicola, how are you doing? Really good, thank you. It's been a busy week, I'm sure. Yeah, really busy, really busy. So I'm going to take you right back. And I love how your first experience of really engaging with boxing was when you first went along with your mum to her aerobics class. And it was your first coach, Steve Franks, who then encouraged you to get involved. What do you remember from your first sort of few sessions? Oh, um, I, I just remember the the Rocky style type gym. It was in um, the basement of a working men's club, so there was like the you know the little small um, squ- like rectangular windows that they have at the top, oh, and they, yeah. they'd be just filled with steam. <laughs> and oh my goodness! Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was unreal. Sweat sweat everywhere. Um, it just had that real like boxing kind of kind of smell to it. Spit and sawdust. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I guess that kind of something hooked you. So um, yeah, it must have it must have had something that really drew you in. Yeah, it was well because I'd seen the reruns of Muhammad Ali and uh, Mike Tyson and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, and I, I just visualised thinking like, yeah, this this is this must have been what it was like when they were in the gym training, and I'd be there like punching the bags and um, running around with the with the other kids and trying to get in the ring, and the coach is like telling us all to get out of the ring and sit down and watch. Yeah, it was it was fun. It and was at that fun. time were you the only girl yeah I was the only girl in the gym and just nothing about that held you back because I just find that amazing like I was I was quite a shy kid and I sort of I did ballet and all the kind of traditional girl things and I think it it takes such confidence to step into a a hugely male-dominated environment and just be like I'm gonna I'm gonna give 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 this a go yeah well like I was always a tomboy anyway so um it didn't it didn't really bother me like being being with all the lads and my brother was there as well and um a few of the guys went to the same school as me as well so it was yeah it was like almost like an after school club kind of thing basically a social club as well as a boxing club Um, and having read about your early life I absolutely love the sound of your mum she sounds amazing and she sounds like she's your number one cheerleader which I can definitely relate to because my mum is like my number one Instagram fan (laughs) (laughs) so I definitely relate to that and just family as as a whole seems hugely important to you can you tell me about your relationship with your family growing up Oh, my, my relationship with my family were really, really close. Me, my mum and my brother were like, inseparable. Mm. Um, at times, we, well, I guess we all get, get annoying, but probably me more so. I, 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 I tend to annoy them too, <laughs> the most, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we're, we're, we're really close. They've always been there the whole way through my career. Um, the ups and, and the downs. Um, it's just been nice having them in my corner. Yeah, amazing. And and they, and they literally are in your corner for a lot of the fights. So um, I, I guess your brother Curtis was someone that you grew up with. I know reading in your book, you said you were so excited when you found out you were getting a little brother because you had someone to play with. Is that relationship something that's still really close? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we're still like, we're still super close, Aww. super close. And um, often we hear about with athletes that they display like a sort of a steely determination from a young age. And many would argue that to be a successful athlete, a lot is actually dependent on the power of your mind just as much as the power of your body. It seems from from reading your book that you have a very steely determination, even from like age two. You you said how you you was just suddenly decided that you were going to walk after not walking up until that <laughs> yeah. point, and that was it. You decided you were going to do it. So, do you think that that competitive spirit has sort of always been in you? Yeah, definitely. I've always I've always had that. 
I'm going to do this and get the job done kind of attitude um, since I was since I was really young. I think I think especially in boxing, it's I'd say it's half fitness and it's half mental. Um, I've come across opponents and I can be in the ring with them and I and I know just from looking in their eyes whether they're actually up for the fight or not. Fights can be won before you've even got in the ring. You know, mm. some some people I, I box, um, they'll hear all the stuff I've won and they get into the ring and they're already they're already afraid. Yeah. Even though they they could possibly have the abilities to to beat me. Yeah. Mentally they just don't have the the strength to compete. And I think that's something for life as well. Like if you've already checked out before you even stepped into something that challenging, how are you ever going to overcome it? Yeah, Whereas I guess yeah. if you have the, the self-belief that whatever happens, you are going to achieve something, then obviously that's a really powerful mindset to have. And is that something that you've definitely sort of like used in other areas of your life as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I do a lot of, a lot of speaking, um, mm. a lot of talks, go and visit schools, talking to the kids there. And, and everybody always says to me like, oh, how do, how do you find like, talking in front of so many people and and performing in in front of thousands of people and I think it's just having that self-belief and the the confidence Mm. I think everything is easy compared to boxing do you know what I'd agree with you there (laughs) nobody's hitting me in the face so (laughs) yeah nothing compares to getting punched in the face yeah exactly I'm going to agree with you there Um, and a lot of successful athletes will attribute their early success to sort of one person or one coach I remember there's definitely like people in my early life who really inspired me um, on my own journey with everything who was that person for you oh that had to have been my mum yeah. Yeah. Um, she was a single parent looking after me and my brother. Mm. And it was hard. You know, we didn't have um, all the latest gear. Uh, you know, we had we had like two stripes instead of three. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you were working and, loads of jobs as well. You were working as a labourer. You were training in the morning. You were training in the evening, after work. Yeah, yeah. I was I was literally doing the most. Yeah. And, and then my, my extra work as well on the side and it was yeah it was it was hard and I remember thinking to myself sometimes you know how how we say we're we're expected to go away to tournaments Mm. win these medals to get funding for women's boxing when we have everything against us Mm. you know they don't give us the they didn't give us the training camps to prepare they didn't give us the the right funding or equipment our coaches mm. um, to prepare, but yet we're expected to go away and win these medals so we can get an extra funding. It was almost like they were they were they were putting the barriers in place, yeah. So we couldn't actually get to where we wanted to be. Mm. So it was yeah, it was it was tough. And then you see countries like Russia, China, and the United States where they have a total um, they have everything in place they have a system they're training full time um, they're not having to work so they're, they're dedicating their whole lives to their to their craft mm. and our team we, we had to work two or three jobs and then go training as well it was it was really really tough and I remember going to Boxing China at the World Championships and they were like look to get extra funding now we we need medals at the at the World Championships and we all know the time difference in China it's 8 hours in front mm. we got there 2 days before competition expected to go there and and win medals and and perform mm. and um 
I remember when when we got there, I was I was awake the whole night, the whole night, and um, I was performing the next day. I was the first first one out, and um, I remember being on the coach having three Red Bulls and still falling asleep. Oh my God. <laughs> and I don't know. And yet you're expected to perform and bring yeah. home medals because yeah. that's how you're going to get the funding. Yeah. It just yeah. seems so backwards. A lot of that when I was reading about it, I just can't get my head around it. You know, it just seems so unfair and you basically had to fight at every hurdle yeah. to get ahead in your career. Um, I want to know what it is about boxing though that really hooked you. Like what, what was it? Because I, I read about how you love chess, you love strategy games. So there's definitely part of, and I can I can totally relate to this. I'm not an amazing boxer. <laughs> I'm nowhere near on your level. But I can see that there's definitely a skill part of it that entices people. So I'd love to know what it was about boxing that really drew you in. For me, it was the the work. Whatever I put into boxing was what I got out of it. I, I did try team sports like football and I found that I'd be putting 100% in every game and there'd be some people on the on the team that just weren't pulling the weight mm. and it used to really frustrate me so um i found with boxing it was all just down to me and mm. if i put in a 100% effort that's what i'd get back and i really i really liked that there was there was no one there to hold me back so mm. so to speak like i could i could really put everything into it and know that Right, that I'm working hard. You know, mm. this is this is all on me. Um, I guess the tough part when you when you're in a, a sport that is all about you, when you when you lose, it is all on you as well. Yeah. Um. So I don't even know if I I taught myself to do, but or or whether it's just something that I was just born with. But mm. I've always been. Uh, I, I never think about losing. Um. When I go into competition, I I always I always go in thinking I'm gonna m- win and I want to win, and uh, it. It seemed to seem to work. It, it's done you all right well. so far. Yeah. We'll, we'll just leave it at that, shall we? But it, it must have been really difficult. You you said how um, you knew that whatever you put in, you got out. But actually, early on in your career, you were struggling to get any fights with women because there still wasn't really a women's circuit established. Um, and you spent a lot of time sparring with boys instead, which must have felt felt quite frustrating. Did you feel like this was frustrating and unfair, or did you see it as kind of like you wanted to chomp at the bit and you wanted to therefore get get more for women um in the on the boxing scene yeah like i was I, I had my first competition when i was 13 and then i didn't box again until i turned senior when i was 17 because there just wasn't enough female boxers around at the time when i was when i was young so mm. it was a it was frustrating it was a lot of hard work you know training and without a real goal i'd always ask my coach like oh is there is there any anybody there anyone can, yeah anyone it's like no no sorry nick and it was like oh, okay you know i just keep on training um yeah. sparring the guys um going to the matches supporting them and but then it must have been really hard to progress because yeah. you're not actually getting in the ring and you're fighting how can you really experience what it's like to i guess have a proper fight yeah yeah exactly it was it was tough i guess i learned I learned a lot from just sparring, sparring mm. the boys um, in the gym. Um, all the way through my career, I've um, sparred the sparred with the boys. Mm. Um, I think it's been good for my career as well. It's the faster, stronger, so it, it only brought out the best in me. As a budding boxing athlete, and you were rising through the ranks, you obviously had f- physical challenges to contend with, but you also had a lot going on at home. What would you say was one of the biggest challenges 
that you faced growing up outside of boxing? I know that your mu- your mum fell really ill. Yeah. And that yeah. sounded like it was a massive challenge for you. I guess it was the fo- first piece of real adversity that you had to overcome. Yeah. Did you feel like that kind of detracted from boxing? And obviously you, you spent a lot of time as, as the sole carer for both your brother and for your mum, which must have been really tough. Yeah, that was, um, that was really, really tough. Looking after my mum when she had meningitis and her going into into hospital and me having to try and cook something for my brother um it was it was really hard I I remember thinking to myself I can't I can't cry I don't Mm want to cry in front of my brother because I want to I wanted to show him that everything was going to be going to be okay and if Mm -hmm. I cry then he knows something's wrong so Mm -hmm. I always tried to stay strong for him and I just had a moment in in the hospital where I just broke down in tears I was on on my own and it just came out of nowhere like I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about anything at all I was just sat there getting something to eat and I just completely just broke down in tears and it was a tough time um trying to get my brother ready for school trying to figure out how to wash the clothes and hang them up and I remember his uh, his uniform was always like creased and crinkled <laughs> <laughs> your mum would probably been horrified if she'd yeah. seen her go to school yeah. and that <laughs> we, we ate like the same thing every day like because I could only do like beans and toast and then I'd try to do scrambled egg in the microwave <laughs> <laughs> have your cooking skills improved since then yeah a little bit <laughs> I've I've upgraded slightly (laughs) and um, you did actually go on despite all of that adversity that you did face um, you made your international debut in 2007 and then you went on to win a silver medal at the European Amateur Championships did you feel at this point was it sort of a turning point for you did you feel like okay now people are starting to wake up to women's boxing particularly in the UK but I guess in the world as well did you feel that being a bit of a turning point yeah definitely but it wasn't it wasn't enough to to really get the England boxing behind us to um, really get some good funding because at the time we were still having to wear each other's kits. Yeah, like, there was a gross story where you yeah. had to like put on someone's sweaty gym kit. Yeah, <laughs> like they wouldn't even, like the guys would go away and they'd all have their own boxing kits to, to box in. And then like they were like, oh, well, here you go. And it's like, there's like two kits there. Like, what are we supposed to do? There's 10 girls. <gasps> It's, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I would have so just found like, that so frustrating. Though. Yeah, it was. It was. We we used to we used to complain. We'd write to um, different organisations trying to get more more funding for for women. It was it was really really it was really tough. Yeah. Really tough. Especially because we had like we'd go away to tournaments mm. and I'd pretty much always be the last one last one in the running for medals and um they'd say to me you know Nick you you have to win a medal because if you don't win any medals like we're screwed yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's no there there will be no more funding there will be no more boxing so I've always had a lot lot of pressure and a lot of weight um on my shoulders even in the in the Olympics um the coach said to me you know there's only you left and if you don't get a medal like that's it. Women, yeah, that's it. Women's boxing's like it's oh. it's done. So, and I remember going into the the finals and um, the night before and thinking to myself like, wow, like I just pictured these all these little girls just sat there at the TV like thinking, you know, women's boxing rests on your yeah. your shoulders right yeah. now if you don't get this medal. But <laughs> like, that is a huge amount of pressure yeah. to deal with, and you just seem to take it on in your stride. 
I just I, I just thought to myself, you know what, I like I need to do this. It turned into mean like not just boxing for a gold medal and boxing for history. It turned into me boxing for the the whole of women's boxing, like all the mm-hmm. all the, the, the girls that want to want to box in the future. And it was more than me and I just I had to win. I just said to myself, like I have to do this. There's no way I can lose this fight. Yeah. And I guess of all the frustration that's been pent up over the years of having to yeah. wear someone else's worn gym kit, of having to turn up late to fights and be be, I guess, in your in your mind unprepared. Yeah. That's probably built up built up to the point that you're like walking into the ring thinking, I am gonna do this. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect <laughs> motivation. But yeah, it's a lot to handle. And as you said, in boxing you are on your own. It's just you. And yeah. I guess you have your support network of coaches and stuff, but but really that's a lot on one person's shoulders how do you find yourself like dealing with the pressure I I used to use it to my advantage Mm. Um, I saw it as a motivation to train harder and give me that reason to to get up in the morning to you know go run when it's raining outside and always put 100% in and Mm. it it just yeah it just really motivated me to give a a 110% and always want to win because I knew I was fighting for more than 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 just me yeah and You've sustained a few injuries in the ring, but one of your worst injuries wasn't even from inside the boxing ring. It was from falling down the stairs, <laughs> yeah. which just seems absolutely mad. I know. But can you describe what happened? So basically, I was I was getting ready for a competition and I was packing my bags. I left my bandages hanging out of my bag and I was going down the stairs and I tripped over it. I oh. fell down the stairs. Um, yeah, I, I, I got up. Uh, I thought... It was a little bit sore, but I didn't think, you know, anything to it. I've just fallen down the stairs, so I thought, yeah, I'm probably going to be a bit Dust sore. yourself off. Yeah. <laughs> off you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I had the I had the competition and I won. And uh, Wow. Of course. <laughs> and uh, it, it wasn't until a couple of couple of weeks later, I my back was still in pain and the doctor said, you know, maybe we should take you for a scan. I had an MRI scan and I damaged the vertebrae in my, in my back and which meant that I was out of boxing for a whole year um couldn't do anything I was bed bound for three months just it was it was horrible a really tough time we'll be back after this welcome back to give me strength and that was before your Olympic success. That was before 2012. Yeah. So I know, for example, when I'm injured or I can't train, I find it so difficult. Like training for me is a mental release just as much as it is a physical one. How do you find yourself managing your mental health when you're someone who is so active and then suddenly you're bed bound and you're in excruciating pain sort of daily? How did you manage that? It was so hard, so mm. hard. Like I'm thankful for my friends and my family because they they just kept me in one piece because it was it was tough because women's boxing had just been announced that it was going to be in the olympics Mm. and then i was super happy and then i was like what the like what the hell i'm i'm in bed like there's nothing there's nothing i can do yeah and it was really frustrating and as much as the doctors and the physio said you know you'll come back from this you're you're fine luckily the the um, fracture was in the right place any higher or lower and I wouldn't have been able to to box I wouldn't have been able to get the rotation oh my um, for my punches and everything so but it was just 
even though they said that it was just it was just hard like mm. I went from doing 500 sit-ups a day to not being able to lift my shoulders off the floor mm. I couldn't run I couldn't definitely couldn't box like I I, I struggled to brush my teeth like I, I didn't realize how much your back affects everything that you do yeah. in just day-to-day life mm. couldn't cook for myself it was I think more for me it was just not being able to do anything for myself I was living in a um, apartment in Russell Square I had to um, give that up and move back to my mum's because I needed somebody to to look after me mm. full-time and that was frustrating as well like I'd gone from being so independent to having to move back to my mum's and she's opening the curtains on a morning letting all the light in <laughs> I can't it must be yeah. so hard because I'm super independent as well I hate yeah. people doing stuff for me so to be sort of rendered immobile and, and be in bed constantly yeah. and then also in pain as well it yeah, just must have been was... so difficult and you obviously then had to qualify for the Olympics and that yeah. was your ultimate goal. So I, I'm guessing in your head, you knew no matter what is going on here, I know I'm going to make it to the Olympics no matter how I do that. In terms of qualifying for the team, you sort of, you spent a lot of the time just watching the other girls fighting, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I wasn't allowed to do hardly anything and it was a struggle just to um, get onto the GB team. I actually had to, I was still injured at the time and the doctor was like, right, you have to be seen doing something just to get onto the team. And at the time my back was still quite bad. So I was like, right, okay, I, I can do this. I was on um, morphine patches and Oromorph. So, so basically you were just out of it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I did was I, I, um, I just stuck like three morphine patches oh my on my arm. <laughs> was, don't try this at home. Yeah, don't try, don't try this at home. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Took some arm off as well. And then I, I just like went out into the gym and I, I was punching away on the on the bags. I managed to do one round of sparring, and it, it thankfully it, it, I did enough to qualify for for the team. Mm. But like, oh, after that, I couldn't move for a week. <gasps> like, I was oh in so much God. pain, so much pain. It was it was horrible. It was horrible. I know it sounds crazy, but it's times like that when I really believe in fate. Like there was yeah. something that that like had to happen for you to just be able to get through that to make it to the team to be able for to real. then go on to the, to be in the Olympics. Like it's crazy to think about if the stars hadn't aligned yeah. where you yeah. would be. For because sure. obviously you went on to have double Olympic gold medal success, which must have been amazing. And you wrote about how winning Olympic gold was your ultimate ultimate goal. Can you tell me a little bit about what that felt like? Oh, it was a unreal feeling, and I came. Oh, yeah, that was it. I, I, I like after I won um, my first like interview, and they were like, "Oh, how does it feel to to be an Olympic medalist? You've just made history." And I was like, <laughs> "Understatement of the year." I was like, "Yeah, made my day." <laughs> <laughs> I read how all you wanted. You said all you wanted was McDonald's in your bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's the, that's a way to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like it was it was unreal. I just remember I just remember thinking to myself, "Wow, like all that hard work has hmm. all been for this moment. Like I've I've done it. Like my my family's no longer gonna have to struggle. And uh, like literally, I was like supporting everybody. I was supporting women's boxing. I was supporting my family. Like that medal meant so much." to so many people and I actually still I think to this day I, I was like wow like 
what did it actually mean for me? Because yeah. it was almost like I was doing that for everybody else mm. and I never really thought about what it, what it meant for me. And I guess for me, it was just just being able to see that everybody else could be happy, you know, and the fight was over kind of thing. Do you know what else I find is that, like, in my life, some of the some of the times when I've achieved the most is when my motivation has just been to prove other people wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's definitely something that, not, not saying, you know, you wanted to prove everyone wrong, but I'm sure there were coaches in your past who sort of didn't believe in your, in your goal, didn't oh, see yeah. it as something that you were able to achieve. And that must have been so tough. But if you've got the mindset that I think you have, which just sounds like such a positive outlook on life, and kind of one of those mindsets that you know that you can achieve stuff before you've even achieved it that motivation to just prove people wrong must have been also underlying all of that I guess oh yeah definitely it was always a nice one for me when I could go into a, a boxing gym or into a competition and there'd be, there'd be coaches there that um, weren't a fan of women's boxing like oh women can't box you know they, they should be in the in the kitchen uh, cooking and cleaning <laughs> you know and, and it was that type of that type of stereotype yeah and I was like right I'll, I'll show you and it was nice to be able to change their mind and have them think like have them come up to me and say wow you know you, you'd beat up a few of the lads in my gym like you've totally changed my mind about yeah. women's boxing and then for them to go and, and have women in the in the gym after that is you know it's 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 a real like yes yeah <laughs> yeah yes like moment. girl power moment yeah definitely and you have obviously had a glittering career you've had so many successes but there have been some losses too and I'd love to know how you learn to deal with losing a fight because you have this mindset of I'm going to win no matter what what does happen when you lose and how do you find yourself coping with that oh I, I hate losing I'm a, <laughs> I can I'm tell a, yeah I'm a, I'm a sore loser like I, I hate losing mm. um, when I when I lost I lost to Ren Kankan mm. um, 10 weeks before the games and I literally I, I got the silver medal and I wanted to throw it out the window I said to the coaches like they were saying to me like you, most boxers would be so happy to just have a silver medal I was like nah it's not gold to me it's like being second doesn't doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> I always I like to win and we got off the flight from China literally two days after I was in the in the gym we did the um debrief and the performance analysis went through what I needed to work on, where I went wrong, and then that was it. I just focused on that the whole way up until up up to the games. Didn't care about any of the other other fighters. I was like, this girl, I need to I need to beat, and it needs to happen. Mm. So I spent the next ten weeks just focusing on Ren Kankan and the tactics on how to how to beat her, and yeah, it it paid off. Going into the fight, I actually didn't think... I thought it was going to be another close fight because um, we always have really, really close competitions and I thought this one was going to be the same. So I thought I was going in thinking it was going to be a close match. Mm. So when I got in there and it wasn't, I was, you know, I was like, wow, like, I'm doing really, really good here. <laughs> and your is, coach has actually going, lied to you in your yeah, corner, didn't they? Yeah, to, to keep my focus. They were, they were telling me I was only one point up. And so I was like, wow, like, I, I was very confused when I got, went back to the corner. I was like, huh? Like, well, how can I only be one point up? Like, I'm, I'm destroying Cat Cat right yeah. now. <laughs> but I guess to put that into words... A loss to you is basically firing your belly to go on and to yeah. go on and win, basically. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is a great way to look at it. Um, 
you competed as a woman in a man's world for a long time, uh, which we've talked about as being hugely challenging. But are there any women who inspired you to keep strong and committed to achieving your goals within boxing and in life in general? Yeah, my mum for sure. And uh, Serena Williams actually as well. Like, I, I mean, she's just a trailblazer for, mm. for tennis, women's tennis. And man, she just she goes up against all the all the odds and you know she she sometimes gets criticized for how she acts on the on the court and i think she's right it's true like the men you know smash their tennis rackets mm. and you know shouting and all and all that stuff and it and it's just the passion for the sport that's why they react the way they do and as soon as a woman does that it's like oh you know she should she shouldn't be behaving like that why shouldn't she be behaving like that like she's just as passionate you're so as right. the guys are like why shouldn't she be able to show people how passionate yeah. she is about the sport that she loves and why should we have to act a, a certain way oh it's not ladylike what is ladylike like mm. what what even is that like mm. we should be able to act just how we how we feel you know and it's always baffled me that one like women we've always had to struggle to do anything that we we want to do I mean even coming down to the likes of just running like Paula Radcliffe and like you'd you think what possible reason could they have for women not being allowed to run and when I found out what that reason was oh like I was just laughing because I, it was like they said we couldn't run that far because our insides might fall out and I'm like what? oh my god and also the reason why women couldn't box was because, like, because of our periods made us unstable yeah, apparently and it's yeah, like it's, what yeah it's it's, it's crazy and <laughs> and you're right like there is there is so much more adversity that we have to overcome and particularly within sport having done this podcast and having spoken to so many women there are so many challenges that women face that men have just never really had to overcome yeah and if anything i think that makes them tougher athletes and i think serena williams like you said is a brilliant example of someone who is really owning that space as as being a a female in in an environment which was previously dominated by men and just showing that she is who she is and she's going to act how she's going to act and yeah. let her success and her talent do the talking which I think is really important and you have definitely done that too <laughs> you've let your talent do the talking for, for a lot of it and and it's paid off we now come to your retirement can you explain how you came to that decision which must have been really tough yeah it was a it was a tough one for me um I actually suffered an eye injury it was in the first round of my last competition which was really annoying um I was caught with a thumb in my eye it happens sometimes it's really it's really rare that it happens but it does happen every every now and again and um it tore my pupil in two places um so my pupil is supposed to dilate you know when you come into yeah. a lit room and it's supposed to close like it doesn't close all the way so it was giving me um a lot of a lot of pain um so I went to the doctors anyway I was ju I was just thinking it was just going to be you know it's a bit sore mm. it'll be all right in a few days mm. and then when he gave me the the analysis and you know he said to me it's if you catch it again it, it it'll be it could be worse you know and for me I I don't want to I don't want to be blind I want to be able to see my future family and yeah. for me it was like it was like yeah you know I I I could possibly go another 10 fights and nothing happened but I could go into the next fight and then, you know, um, be caught and be blind and it's it just wasn't worth the, the risk for me. Mm. So I decided to hang up the gloves and, and retire. Like I've I achieved everything I wanted to achieve. I um I always said I wanted to be like Muhammad Ali and win an Olympic medal and 
be a world champion professional boxer and I I I, I won two Olympic medals <laughs> and became world champion. So. You ticked all of those boxes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm 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 happy and I'm I'm excited about the future. And there is so much to be excited for. You have so many other talents outside of the boxing ring. Should we talk about your acting? Because I absolutely love the fact that you've been an extra in not only Coronation Street but also Emmerdale. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I um I first started out doing. Emmerdale and uh, Coronation Street as an extra before I won um, a medal in 2012 Olympics and uh, after that <laughs> I, I, I kind of lost my job because uh, I couldn't blend into <laughs> the background anymore <laughs> but um, I, I, I used to I, I love that I love that I played myself in um, Waterloo Road as well when when that was on so um, I'd, I'd love to um, do a, a bit more acting Amazing. And you also love your music, gaming and lots of other things. What do you feel like the future holds for you now? What are you really looking forward to pursuing apart from not having an alarm first thing in the morning? (laughs) Yeah, I'm um, I'm looking forward to um, spending a lot more time with my friends, my family, doing all the things that I never got to do while I was a professional athlete. So yeah, there's I've, I've got a big, big bucket list of things that I want to do and try. So I'm, uh, I'm gonna start there. You've changed so many people's perceptions of women's boxing and you have truly carved a legacy that will be remembered forever. What are you most proud of? Oh, I'd say I'm most proud of obviously winning the gold in in London. I mean, to be able to win a gold medal in your home country is unreal, a dream Mm. come true. But I'm more proud of setting the path so that um, the other girls that come through and and want to box don't have to struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a whole path laid out for them now. They can they can go to the gym now. They can they can go to the junior worlds and Olympics, and they don't have to worry about where the funding's going to come from. Is there going to be a coach taking us? Are we going to have to use the medical staff from another country? Like they don't have to worry about any of that stuff there's a there's a path there for them now and and it'll be just nice to be able to sit back and just watch them go on and uh, and and win olympic medals and yeah and just and just thrive and hopefully you'll be commentating yeah definitely. which will be amazing yeah that'd be so cool <laughs> and um i have a question or two questions actually that i ask everyone at the end of every episode and my first question is who in your life demonstrates strength the most my mom for sure um, she's been a fighter a whole life um, to be able to step away from my my dad and then to have the courage to to raise two two children on her own working two jobs and I know for her it was it was a scary a scary time um, being on her own and having that responsibility so and always being there for for me. And to show me that, you know, it's if you work hard and you stay dedicated, you can achieve anything. And and that's what I went on to do. Amazing. She sounds like the most incredible person. And my final question is, what does strength look like to you? Oh, I say that's a good question. <laughs> strength to me, I think, is being able to look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of, of who you are that is so powerful I love that because I think like there's so much in that I think so many people are are unhappy in themselves and we can if we can just look in the mirror and be like this is who I am 
and I'm happy with it. And I think that's incredibly powerful. Um, Nicola, you've been amazing. Thank you you. so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Good luck for everything in your retirement. I really hope I see the back of your head pop up in Coronation Street. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Just wishing you all the luck uh, for the next few years ahead. I'm sure it's going to be a really exciting time. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Give Me Strength. We appreciate any feedback you can give, so please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and come back next week for another episode.